This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Father God, I thank you for your call. I thank you, Father God, for choosing me. While I was yet a sinner, you died for me, for me in my mother's womb. I thank you, Lord, speaking to me at a younger age. I pray, oh God, that I will give you your just glory. Hallelujah. Lord, I give myself to you each and every day. I ask which way to go. Father God, I ask for refillings. I ask for a new touch that you will breathe freshly upon me as always. Oh God, even now in this moment, I know you're able. I thank you, Lord, for we will hold our posts in order as you see fit. I thank you, Lord. It's not based on what men think or how they might, amen, figure out, but it's based on your call. I thank you, Lord. It's not based on people and amount of things and size of building and land and such. It's based on your call, Lord. If we don't see our way through, we know that you have the way. For you are the way, I yet trust you. It's not in me, oh God, but it is in you. And I deem you, oh God, oh God, my highest honor, my privilege, my joy, unspeakable, full of glory, my eternal hope. I thank you. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Love without strings attached. I thank you for your mercy, your long-suffering to me, not willing that I should perish, but come to repentance. I thank you, Lord, for my repentance time with you. I thank you. Oh, I pray for those not ready to receive you. Make their hearts ready. I pray that the harrow of prayer will go in and Condition the soil of the soul that the seed of faith may come in. The former rain, giving sustenance to the soil, and the seed sprouting, germinating and sprouting, and rendering roots and fruit. My God, we know you're able, and the latter rain will come in and give some more nutrients. We thank you for that. We claim it a glorious honor to be on this side. Thank you for your mercy. Hallelujah. Your wisdom prevail in this word, I pray. In Jesus' matchless name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for his presence. Thank God for you and you and you. Amen. Going to the word, I thank God for the book of Nahum. Amen. And some of y'all might be asking, who? Nahum. Amen. Thank God. (laughs) It is a book. Amen. Ask Habakkuk. Some of y'all may not be familiar with that one. Uh Uh-oh. We in a territory folk may not have turned their thumb towards in the Bible, licked their finger and found it. Amen. (laughs) Don't go too fast. If you reach Matthew, you got to make a U-turn. Amen. Go back. Thank God. Thank God. If you're at Revelation, that's not the dead end. That's the new beginning. But turn back. Amen. Old Testament. I thank God for the Living Truth series, yet prevailing. This is the conclusion part of part one. We will be going to a second part of the uh, new series called the the Living Truth series. 
And some preacher would say, this is the ninth sermon. You're calling it new. Yeah, you don't understand. We could go through a whole year in a series as God permits. Amen. It's his curriculum. Amen. The Holy Ghost put us on this curricular journey. It's a prophetic curricular journey. And we are following what he said. Amen. So we are coming out of this book by uh, Michael Shane Pruitt, Nine Common Lies Christians Believe and Why God's Truth is Infinitely Better. We're at lie number nine, coming out of Nahum chapter one, verses seven and eight. I will be reading from the NIV, New International Version, to your hearing. Amen. You have it, say Amen. Thank God, thank God. Nahum 1, 7, and 8. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. That's very important. For those who what? Trust in him. But with an overwhelming flood, he will make an end of Nineveh. He will pursue his foes into the realm of darkness. People of God, have you ever felt that your motivation to do what's right was greatly decreased as you became uh, discouraged by what you saw in the world all around you? I've been there many times. My God was there a little bit this morning. You know, the prophet Nahum reminds us of God's sovereign hand working in the darkest of times to bring holy justice, to bring hope, to bring love throughout the world, making it great again, not as politicians might have it, but as God would, as he strengthens his faithful workers to show how the lie to believe in themselves It's just a farce. People going around saying, believe in yourself. Sometimes you do have to encourage yourself, but you can't go around believing in yourself. Not the way God would have it. God wants us to live by the greatness of his gift of agape, which he sends to help us to become overcomers. Amen. So, what is his agape? Well, God wants us to realize this, that his love is selfless. Let's look at that today. God's holy love is selfless. Amen. What did the ancient prophet Nahum have to face in his life, you might ask? You know, I have no problem drawing from the practical biblical uh, wisdom of a prophetic teacher, same gifting as I have, a colleague in the mystery known as Pastor Chuck Swindoll. Amen. Uh, God reveals an applicable practicum of holy discipleship, if you will, for us to draw from as found in the book of Nahum. Pastor Chuck's commentary helps us to know that this love letter in Nahum uh, mentions the coming destruction of a city called Nineveh, which happened in six. 112 B.C., according to Nahum chapter 1, verse 1, and chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. Uh, The Assyrian Empire, as it was back then, the world power, it had its capital in the city called Nineveh, was at its most powerful 
in the first half of the 50-year period of Nahum's ministry. It had a stranglehold on Judah during King Manasseh's uh, reign in 2 Chronicles 33. Uh, Nahum was commissioned to preach during the reign of King Manasseh, um, one of the most evil kings in Judah, if you remember, uh, in Judah's long history. He had like a fifth, over 50 some odd years a reign there, uh, a man who needed the pain of his own experience to teach him a hard lesson of how to be a good king. Another commenter, J. Barton Payne, suggests that Manasseh's uh, great uh, conversion took place late in his reign as king, around 648 B.C., a mere half dozen years before his death. It took him that long, and he had six years to go, then he figured it out. You might want to have most of your life doing right, amen? That's how God would have it, amen? You don't come in half dead, oh, came to the Lord, I'm ready to work. My God, you're hardly ready to work. My God, my God, you let the devil take all your youth, all your strength, and give God a little bit of a tiny little minuscule leftover but your soul will make it in nonetheless. Amen. But amen. How much kingdom work can you do? Ah, See, God wants us to now realize that his agape came that we might be able to cash in on time. The Bible says you got to redeem the time. Redeem the time because of what? The days are evil. When the days are so evil, it's time to spiritually cash in. Amen. We got to learn how to do that. Not go to the uh, uh, fortune-telling machines called uh, churches and trying to find and seek your fortune. But we need to go around, amen, to the altar, amen, that they threw away at the dump. Go to the dump because all the altars are out there. They dumped them. My God, find the Lord, amen. Thank God. Seek the Lord while he may be found before they crush the altar, amen. Bend your knees down and, and seek the Lord in prayer, amen. Get on your knees and pray, hallelujah. And if you pray correctly, God will answer. Amen. King Manasseh had to figure that out late in his life. We don't need that kind of pain in our life like that. God didn't create us for that. We, we were not created to harbor such pain and detriment. Amen. Hell even was created for the devil. Amen. And those who might want to follow him, my God, I don't want to be as those fallen angels going after what the devil has to offer in this finite world. We will enjoy it for a minute, but then our behinds will burn in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone forever and ever. My God, hallelujah. I don't want to be following behind Satan and have my behind burn. Amen. But I want to seek the Lord what? while he may be found. Call the Lord while he's near. Can I get an amen? amen? Hallelujah, God. We preach and teach a little hard around here, but people still come back. Amen. But that's all right. We'll be like Noah's Ark. Amen. In a minute. Amen. A few rolled that ship. Amen. But a lot of folk was on the devil's love boat. Amen. And the devil's Titanic. Amen. You know what happened? Amen. The Titanic went down. My God. But we don't want to get on the Titanic. We want to get in the ark of safety called Jesus. His boat doesn't leak. His boat doesn't sink. Amen. It gets to where it's got to go. Amen. How many want aboard the ship of Jesus? Can I get an amen? Hallelujah anyhow. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God, thank God. Let's look at uh, uh, what Nahum had to do, this preacher. He had to preach in hard times. My God. Seemed like everybody was acting a fool. My God. And he preached during this hard, dark time in Judah's history, a time filled with idolatry and all kinds of, of evil in a nation that had been uh, now, amen, turning its back on God for some time. It's supposed to be God's people, but they turned their back on God. They said, we want whatever everybody else has. We want what everybody else got. My God. <laughs> and they left God, and, 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 and they had everything they, 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 they could have. But they, they, they saw some gold out there that was glittering. It wasn't real gold. And the devil has something that looks like gold. It's glittering, but it's not the real gold. I want the gold from heaven, the real pure gold from heaven. It's going to last throughout all eternity. The devil got a little piece of something, something, and it looks real good. It feels good, tastes good, smells good, feels real good, but it doesn't last. My God, it doesn't give us the eternal satisfaction that we were built to have. God wants us to have his eternal satisfaction. Nahum was sent there to preach the people out of hell. But some of them, they had their hearts so stony and their necks so stiff they didn't want to turn. My God, it seemed like a hopeless situation, evidenced by selfishness. My God, unrelenting spirits that had fallen from grace. But God sent a word through Nahum. Why did he send Nahum? Look at what his name means, comfort. And comfort means there's a way out of no way. Seems like you had a dead end, but God will make a way out. Amen. It's like you are running from the bad guys and you go down a dead end street by mistake and you have no other way to go through. Everybody's yard got mean Dobermans and other demonic dogs. and You can't jump the fence and go that way. My God. So now you got to face off. But God will make a way out of no way. Yes, he will. And that's why he sent Nahum. He said, there's comfort. In other words, there's a way out. Amen. Uh, though your way seems hopeless, there's yet hope. The situation seems like it's full of politicians and rulers and everybody around town, marketplace. They're full of selfishness. My God, men stealing other men's wives, women, amen, laying with other men. My God, all kind of crazy things going on. Killing and murdering and all kinds of things. And, 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 and all in the name of their little gods that they made. Selfishness, my God, incorporated. But God said, I have come to give you a word of selflessness and unrelenting, abundant grace. Because where sin seems to be winning, God's grace will come in and overshadow that and take it over and give you a better way. But you got to use your mind that God gives you. He sobers your mind up to know, hey, you can make a better decision. Come on in, my child. And it's up to you right then and there to say yes or no. My God. Why is the book of Nahum so important to us today? Well, Nahum focuses on the impending judgment of Nineveh. It's a picture for us today. It's a continuation of the story that began in the prophet Jonah. Y'all remember Jonah? Swallowed up by a big fish to get his mind right. <laughs> so in about 760 BC, God sent Jonah to Nineveh 
to preach repentance and hope to the Assyrian people, a message they heard and applied for at least for a little bit of time. Uh, In our eyes, it seemed like a little bit of time. It was a long time for them back then. But a hundred years later, after they converted, the whole town got saved. It was a time when everybody was getting saved. And they went on a fast. They stopped eating. They prayed. They say, everybody pray. Everybody pray. Put your plate down. Nobody eating. Don't even feed Fido. Everybody fasting. The king and everybody got saved. My God. And God saved the city from impending doom because sin will bring a guilty punishment upon you. Yes, it will. The, the gavel of heaven has already been hit on God's desk, holy desk. Amen. And if you go outside of the safety of God, what is out there but impending doom? And people are saying, God is a mean God, but God already pronounced judgment on sin. Why? He's a holy God. Can God compromise with sin? No. Can God tolerate sin? No. Can God sympathize with sin? No. What does he have to do? Eradicate it. Destroy it. Get rid of it. My God. He burns up the chains of sin that bind you up so you could be free to worship him the way he created for you to worship him. Amen. We ought to be thankful to God for that. But the devil will trick our mind to make us feel like we're in the right place when we are in the wrong place. And so it was back then. They got saved for a time, but a hundred years later, somebody didn't tell the story at night. You should have had bedtime stories being told by the parents to the little kids. They didn't hear the right thing, my God. They were all busy worrying about uh, their Hulu account and their Netflix account. My God, what's coming on, Peacock? What's coming on? What's coming on? Hey, what's coming on? (laughs) They were looking at all of that instead of hearing the word of God. So time and time came and generations passed and they didn't get to hear the truth, my God. So a hundred years later, during the time of Nahum, the Assyrians had returned to their self-building, self-centeredness, eros-minded ways. Y'all know what eros is? It's a fancy word. It means, amen, sensuality kind of stuff. My wife tried to be a clean woman. She calls it fresh mess. Amen. Folks getting fresh with each other. Amen. And they had gods to prove it. Gods with big old, amen, below the belt stuff going on down there. My God, sticking out from the, from the idol God. And they would put that in their yard and say, well, my, my gods, you know what, is bigger than your gods. My God. And they would just boast about such things. Hence, that's why they were serving these gods called Asherah. Amen. Those were sensuality gods. Baal, sensuality gods. We got sensuality gods today. Why? Because sex sells. You can't be a plain looking person and sell a, a, a carton of milk on TV. You got to have sex appeal. You can't sell cereal to the little kids unless you sexy. My God, everything got to be sexy. I was at my retirement uh, symposium the other week, and they had a little lunch set out for us after they talked to us for several hours. And they had catered food, and they had uh, uh, wraps, amen, different kind of wraps, all kind of meat, all kind of meat. And at the end of the table, because I don't eat meat, I found a vegan one, amen. But all of them had the same word describing what was inside the wrap. If it was a turkey wrap, it said sexy turkey wrap. If it was ham, sexy ham wrap. 
my God. And then he got to the other one. I said, maybe the vegan one will be clean. Sexy veggie rap. I said, oh, God. I'm eating the, um, the veggie, Lord, but Lord, rebuke the sexy part in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, anyhow. <laughs> but that's how it is. Has time changed? We're still doing the same stuff. It's the same old love song, a false love song. And the devil gets folks to sing along. We just got different kind of clothes. Amen. They didn't have bell bottoms and stuff like that, skinny jeans and all kind of stuff like that back then. My God, they had other kind of clothes, but the same spirit, y'all. That didn't change. Jonah failed to realize what Nahum reminded the people of Judah when he preached. It was supposed to be this. God's justice is always right and always sure. Nahum told the people right out, without having such an attitude like Jonah. Jonah didn't want to go preach to them a hundred years ago. He said, them folks are so full of the devil, I don't even want nothing to do with them. My goodness, they have a bad history even against my people. Why should I go preach to them? He had a race problem. My God, and a spiritual problem. God had to get him right. God had to work on his attitude till he got it right. My God, and Nahum went in. He got the message right, and his attitude was better. God's justice is always right and always sure. No matter what you think, my God, God's ways are higher than our ways. He's the creator of all things. You might want to listen to him. Hallelujah. Should he choose to grant mercy for a time, that good gift will not compromise the Lord's ultimate sense of justice for all in the end. However, in the postmodern-minded world of our modern society and the cultic emergent church culture that we are living in, so many erroneously teach a relativity doctrine where they're always crying out, don't judge me, to each his own, you know. That's the philosophy and mantra of today. Tolerance towards the infinity of going down in the dungeon of Pandora's bottomless pit of immorality. My God, Nahum reminds us of the absurdity of the buffoonery of such a detrimental choice in life. So what's the big idea, preacher? You might ask, after allowing approximately 200 years of powerful Assyrian kings back then, those rulers, them sexy dudes, God announced through Nahum his plans to judge the city of Nineveh. Uh, while the book of Nahum uh, as a whole clearly shows God's concern over sin, his highest holy righteous necessity to punish those guilty of wickedness and God's all-powerful presence has to carry out his desire for holy judgment. Amen. He can't go in hand in hand with sin. No, he has to eradicate it, doesn't he? That's the kind of God you want to serve. Amen. See, uh, his message shows a ray of hope shining through that darkness of that day. We got darkness today, and God's light needs to shine brightly. We can't do the same old, same old. There has to be a difference. My God, how are people going to know the difference? People are tired of fakeness anyway. People are tired of church hypocrites anyway. It's time to stop all this hypocrisy and let's get it right. Let's do it right. Let's live it right. Amen. Let's keep it real in Jesus' name. Hallelujah anyhow. 
See, most importantly, the people of, of, of Judah had an immediate reason to take hope in the idea that Nineveh, their primary uh, oppressor for generations, would soon come under judgment from God, and the people of God would be free, amen, to be able to worship, repent, and get right with God, and do what they, you know, they were supposed to do in the first place. And also, a small but faithful few in an increasingly idolatrous Judah would have been comforted by declarations of God's slowness to anger. Aren't you glad God is slow to anger? Aren't you glad that God is good, but yet he's strong? He could get rid of sin off you and out of your life. Amen. And, and he has the and a power to restore you, to help you get to where you should have been. Thank God. We, can, we serve a God that makes up for lost time, too. Yes, he does. How can we apply this blessing today, you might ask? No doubt we all have have been feeling overwhelmed around town these days and around the world. There's gloominess, there's darkness within us and around us. My God, much like the historic misfortunes of yesteryear, some of these things still are, you know, in existence today. Nahum lived in a dark time as we are really living in right now. A time in which the faithful few must have wondered how long they would have to resist cultural and spiritual compromise where folks were just hypocrites, amen, due to the selfish nature of accepting sin in their life and acting like it was a good thing. God's message to us in Nahum should strengthen us to stand firm for truth in the truth-compromising culture of today's weakened Christianity, God's holy lamp of truth can shine brightly in the darkness of falsehood. His gracious will for us should direct us every step of the way that he's trying to lead us. His holy word should be like one of those new strong LED kind of flashlights they sell on TV, allowing us to see well past our eyelashes. Amen. Because some folk today, amen, I, I would say they can't see half past their nose. Now I see folks so blind by, uh, from falsehood, I say they can't even see past their eyelashes. My God. And sometimes I see so much detriment around and folks are given the truth and they still can't see. I say they can't see past their retina. My God. It's got that worse. We can't see far down the road, but God's truth will let you see the truth. Amen. God said he will set you free and set you free indeed. You won't have any doubt that you have been set free. You won't even want that stuff anymore. God will do. You got to let him in and let him do it, though. We can't do it. He has to do it. See, there's a fog of confusion in the world. It's void of God's selfless agape. And God's agape will always, amen, move darkness out of the way. And it'll help us receive the word of God, believe the word of God, and apply the word of God. There's bright, holy compassion available for us in the midst of the darkness and corruption from Satan that we see in the world today. The dark incompleteness of Eros is not stronger or better and more productive, uh, productively useful than the bright, fulfilling, sanctified satisfaction of God's holy agape. And agape is not just a thing, it's a person. His name is what? Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus means he came to save people from their sin. He's not just a trinket on your neck. 
My God, we got folks singing and rapping about sex with the cross around their neck. Why don't they look at who used to be on the cross? He rose again so you could be free from the sin that you're pushing in your platinum deal. Hallelujah. Anyhow, things to keep in the forefront of your mind before we close. Let's remember, Nahum is a name that means what? Compassion. Somebody say compassion. We need that today, the right kind, though. Uh, this, this, this book, Nahum, lets us know that God's compassion is available to faithful disciples, people who follow Jesus, people who are trying to figure out what Jesus is about. They want to know more about him. They tasted a little bit of him some kind of way, even through a song, amen, through, through the music, through something they heard in the Word. They say, oh, that sounds different, my God. And now God has turned your ear on. God turned Turn your heart on, because you know what? Human bodies are really like uh, audio video. It's like audio video equipment. Look at our ears. We're in stereo, aren't we, though? Amen. Look at our eyes. Amen. We got that new kind of amen. The phone tried to copycat it. You know, it got all them cameras on the back. I got one of them phones, got all them cameras on the back. My God, you can see all kind of stuff. You can even take pictures at night. Look at that. But they can't copycat God. My God, God made us. Amen. What he, how he made us. Amen. God wants us. Amen. But he wants us to use our body to be filled with his goodness, not evil. We weren't created to carry around and do all the evil things that the devil tricks us to do. Sometimes we're born into stuff in our family. It's a generational thing. And our daddy did it, and our granddaddy did it, and our great-great-granddaddy did it. And you keep going, and, and you'll see Chicken George and them did it. Amen. So everybody in the family doing it. Amen. And it seems right in our own eyes. But God says sometimes things you see in your own eye could be wrong. And it'll lead you to detriment. So God will shine his agape light from heaven and wake you up, sober you up just enough in a nick of time. And you'll be able to make a sober decision and say, you know what? There's better for me. I don't have to be like this. There's better for me. I know there's hypocrites all around, but I don't got to be one of them. I'm going to be one of the first ones and not be a hypocrite. Amen. Don't say you're the only one. Say you're the first one. Hallelujah. I used to think I was alone in high school. I'm the only one trying to live safe. My God, walking around and the cheerleaders throwing up their legs to show me a little something, something. My God, I couldn't look to the left. My God, and the football players ain't want me around them. They thought they was big and bad and smarter than me, even though they had a book in 12th grade that I read in 7th grade. But that's another message. Hallelujah. I didn't have a friend over there. I was trying to find a friend. I, I'm the only one. I got mad. God tapped me on the shoulder and said, you're not the only one. You're the first one. Go forward and be a leader. Hallelujah, anyhow. And God always says, you're not alone. You might feel lonely sometimes, but there's a big difference. You're not alone. And when you are all alone and lonely, that's a bad combination because the devil will come in there and have a little private meeting with you and you will interpret your own private interpretation about life. And then you're going to go into a detriment because the devil only going to whisper sweet nothings in your ear. My God, but God will whisper sweet somethings in your ear. Wisdom from heaven to pick you up. Up, turn you around. Place your feet on solid ground. Somebody praise the Lord. 
I want to get it right. Hallelujah. I got a little bit of wisdom to drop on you right quick before we go. Y'all all right? Can I do it? Say, drop it, pastor. Drop it like it's hot, pastor. Hallelujah. God said the day is coming when no one will relate. Amen. Out of pride. I'm tired of this earth, how it is. People so prideful, showing off. They flexing, showing what they got. Hallelujah. All the stuff. Self-interest. They'll knock you down to get the way they got to go. They'll steal from you and keep on keeping on. And there's fear in the world. Fear from this. Fear from that. Masks showing us. Amen. Amen. You can wear it if you have to. Amen. But, you know, the devil uses it to make us live in fear a lot of times. You got to be smart. Yes. But you don't got to be fearful. Do things intelligently, but not just living in fear all the time. Because God said where there's fear, there's going to be turmoil. God does not want us to have turmoil in our spirit. Walking around, amen, we can't even get a breakthrough in thought because we're so fearful. And I teach in school. I'm certified to teach nursery through sixth grade, teaching 29 years now. And I tell you, when a kid's nervous, discombobulated by fear and turmoil, they can't think right. They can't learn right. They can't pass any tests. My God, because of fear, the devil wants us fearful. But God wants to, amen, save us from the devil's fear. We don't have to be fearful anymore. Jesus said, I came to destroy the devil. And don't think God is stupid. He saw the devil, what he was doing way back in the ancient day. In the book of Nahum, God called him. God called Nahum. Thank God. And and, and he was preaching through the land, the good stuff. In the midst of the city that was built by a man, Nineveh has a history, a man named Nimrod. I don't know if you ever heard of his name. My God, but if you're into researching Illuminati and all that kind of stuff, Nimrod's name will come up somewhere down the line. A man who thought he had the strength to resist God's strength. It was he that built Nineveh, the city that God would destroy And ever since he built it, the city stood uh, as an altar to self-worship, y'all. Back in Genesis 10, verses 8 through 12. Amen. Uh, God said, I pledge to the end to make an end of Nineveh in Nahum 1.8. And God says, yes, he will do it. There's the same spirit today. The the spirit of Nineveh is still existent today, y'all. And no descendants will, amen, come up with a holy lifestyle that can relate to God. They will always oppose God. They will live in rebellion against the truth of God. But God announced the destruction of Nineveh, which represents selfishness and sin. God has a plan that will deliver us. God says, I see Nineveh in the people who hassle you in your life. I see Nineveh in selfishness in your world today. My God. And God says, yes, and he'll point his holy finger at all of us. There's a little bit of Nineveh in you and a little bit in me. But God wants to snatch it right out of our soul. Snatch it out of our spirit. Snatch it out of our mind. Snatch it out of our life. Snatch it out of our family, out of our home. Amen. Break and destroy the generational curse of sin. Hallelujah. Somebody bless the Lord.
God can do it. God said, I'm the prince of peace, and I will come in and do it. Like he said in Nahum 1.5, but we got to remember the mission of Jesus as Lord. Yes, he's Savior. He'll pick you up and save you, but he's got to be Lord of your life. He's got to direct your steps. He's got to tell you what to eat in your spirit and in your mind so you won't go backwards. He comes to destroy the works of Satan. God is showing us in Nahum that he destroyed Nineveh, that type of self-centered idolatry that engulfs our minds and hearts when we want to follow Satan. God destroyed the ambition of Nineveh, and he is going to destroy it in this world today that we're living in. Devil, you have no hold on me. Devil, you got to let me go. Devil, you got to let my family go. Devil, you got to let my heart and my mind go. Let my intellect go. I want to live for the Lord. Untie my feet. Get the shackles off my feet so I can move in the will of God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody bless the Lord. Somebody praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody look up on your feet and let's give God a praise. Give God a praise. Give God a praise. God's holy love is selfless. He died for you. He died for me. He came back to set us free. Won't you let the power of God that's moving in this very room come in your life? God wants to come in your life. He wants to pick you up. He wants to turn you around. He wants to place your feet on what? Thank you, Lord. God is able. Somebody say, God is able. Somebody say, I believe God. He'll do what he said. Trust and obey. There's no other way. I believe. I believe. I believe God. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.